Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 637. Super Nintendos, I forgot to call you that, so please forgive me. I am your host, Seth Macy. Today, we are joined by Travis Northup. Hello there. Industry legend, Cat Bailey. Hi, Seth. And the anchor man, because he's anchoring that table in the studio, Bear Schneider. Welcome. Pair of burgundy right over here, except he's wearing green. It's a sweater. <laughs> right. Very, very handsome sweater. Uh, Sonic Frontiers is a good 3D Sonic game, and we have the review and the reviewer to prove it. That's, that's why Travis is here. Uh, we are also going to dive into everyone's favorite subject, Nintendo financial numbers, which yes. I absolutely go bananas for balance sheets, specifically how many Nintendo Switch consoles have been sold. It's a lot. Spoiler alert. We also take your questions and generally just have a nice time. So. Let's get right into it and see what is new. Cat, you are the executive editor of news at IGN. You are in charge of covering all the news. Wow. Including something like uh, the Indie World Showcase that happened yesterday. All right. Yeah, there was an Indie World Showcase. Uh, well, Sports Story has a release date finally. It had been Woo! previously delayed. So that uh, it was actually a pretty slim pickings for the most part. We learned about Rogue Legacy two we yep. saw a few other games uh inscription is coming to the nintendo switch if you're not familiar with inscription it was a real indie darling mm -hmm. last year a lot of a lot of the cool kids were saying that it was their game of the year it's a roguelike deck builder quite pretty uh, but very different than you would normally expect from that kind of genre so that's coming to nintendo switch great fit for it so uh, th those were the main highlights i think of the indie world show yeah i liked um so there oh god i don't have the list of games in front of me but there there's some cool puzzle games like a little to the left like organization game there's that uh the game where you basically organize the resident evil inventory screen um that, <laughs> which i know everybody loved doing that. i know it's so funny they turned that into a game it's, it came out on pc earlier in the year they already had um, that it's called tetris there was that there was that unpacking that, there was that. I thought the uh, the game Cricket. where you like drilling underground looked really cool. There, there were a couple of really. This is a little to the left. If you're watching the show, you can see it here. It basically, is oh my god, organizing things by size and shape and like looking whether something's nicked on one side or not, and then oh, you get right man, in. I it's, love it so much. It looks really cute. But there were a lot of really cool um, narrative adventure games like Dodon Dodonia, the the like the kind of French countryside like watercolor looking game looked really cool. But we all know the real hero of that presentation is Sports Story, of course. Yeah. Of course. And yes. um, yeah, that game, that game missed. I, if you've played Golf Story, you know it, it was a kind of cute RPG, sports themed RPG with fun mini games that, you know, as you played it more, it kind of ran out of steam because it felt like you were doing the same thing over and over. And Sports Story, when it was announced, promised to fix that by having lots of different sports challenges, um, you know, not just golf. Um, and then, you know, adding a little bit more of that sort of Harvest Moon Town flair to it. And they really expanded it. Like the, the trailer shows. Um, you know, it runs a little choppy. I hope it will look better in the end. But like, uh, it shows lots of activities. It is a full-fledged RPG at this point, isn't it? That's great because I don't really like golf, so okay. I'm more excited <laughs> about the other sports. I don't like. I'm not a golf guy either. But Golf Story was just really fun. It was just a, a cool kind of, you know, classic adventure game. You know, because it didn't really have. And I, I don't know how deep the RPG systems here are either, but it's about running quests and chores, so a little Animal Crossing, but then actual action challenges that were fun to play. So, um, you know, 
like disc golf and all that stuff. And this new one has uh, has every sports ever invented. It looks like every sport yeah. ever invented. It if, if you get, I don't know if 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 it ever came to the West, but when I um, on the Super Super Nintendo, there was um, a Nushitsuri. It was called. It was a Legend of the River King. I think some of the Game Boy, Game Boy versions came out here. Yeah, which was a fishing hmm. adventure game. So like you explored ranchors and and then you went and caught fish and like this really reminds me of that what i've learned is that you can turn anything into an rpg totally. and probably have it be really yeah. really enjoyable yeah there's a uh was it a prop uh, a, a a comedy uh game that was shown right where you're um uh where where you do an improv comedy or you know play as a jester and then there was uh you know to your point there was there was another simulation oh yeah like game development they basically turned game development into an rpg and adventure game again so yeah i thought the variety of games on display was really cool there were few that uh, yeah this is jester yes. um there were few that you know i think are looking like like instantly hit us as must-have titles but i think these are also clever and playful the proof is in actually you know trying these games is there an indie mm -hmm. game that you're especially looking forward to right now because i i have one in mind that i'm really looking forward to in 2023 um well you know whenever the next steam world um oh, is coming which we know there's one in the works there's another one make coming, steam world so. heist 2 and i will be there day and date heist is cool Ooh. too but i'm i'm you know dig is at the top of the list always i'm really looking forward to sea of stars okay yes yeah just chrono trigger but it's from the people that, who no it looks great yeah and then I'm the other one for me is Horizon Chase. It came out on uh, on iPhone already on on Android and iPhone, I think. Uh, but the Switch version <laughs> comes next year. That's going to be great. Oh, there it is. You're watching the video. You get to see the delightful. Oh man, yeah, it looks great. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. It's Travis, gorgeous. are you excited for uh, for anything from the Indie World Showcase? Yeah, uh, I I like Jester. I mm -hmm. I did comedy professionally for a number really? of years. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that say game... something funny. <laughs> <laughs> <Right now. laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's uh, that game looked really cool. And then Inscription. I'm one of those quote cool kids who who really liked Inscription last yeah, year. Yeah, I saw you kind of doing. Yeah, dance. that game. I just it wasn't. A, it, it's really not what you think it is. You know, you go in expecting one thing, and then the game sort of changes on you which is really cool so um i i really like that game and i'm definitely going to play it again on the switch because it's awesome i didn't play i didn't play that one um quite good you should play it i feel i feel bad because we we didn't give all the the names for the games here but obviously pepper grinder was the dinging game that looks really cool that's like my number two pick after sports story is that the one with the organization no, the okay. pepper grinder is like you have like a little drill and it's like almost kind of like the, the drilling sections from classic Mario games where you can go in all directions gotcha. and, and uh, you know, has some momentum where you can jump out. It's a cool looking little platformer. Uh, Dodonia we talked about, Space for Unbound, that's an Indonesian game, looks really cool. Once Upon a Jester is this one. Yeah, the, nice. the improv one. Yeah, that one looks cool. And uh, there was, what was the other one? Good, what, goodbye world Aka, which looks a little bit like tunic but not stressful like it's a it's with the uh the <laughs> red panda right um that one looked cute too blank uh is a, is a co-op game with black and white uh, graphics they, i i think it was there was some really cool stuff there was a uh there was a an indian cooking game south indian cooking game too oh. right like a like a adventure game with some cooking challenges and stuff. What's the name of the digging game again? Deep Depper Pepper Grinder. Pepper Grinder. Pepper Pepper Grinder. Grinder. That looks yeah. really good. I think that looks really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, a little to the left is the organization game. Um, and then they showed a whole bunch of stuff. They had um, they had a little 
little uh, little clip show, and that's where they showed inscription. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, I I liked it, um, but you know, with a lot of indie games, um, you you got to try and see what what's what's in there. Like the concepts always sound really, really cool and crazy. So. And Nintendo yeah. has a little bit of a problem now. I mean, this is not a new thing, but there are so many games in the eShop at this point, and there's so much garbage that it's hard to find you know, surface really good games. Yeah. What happened in the in the App Store happened in, on Switch, right? Where there are games that are designed to catch your attention by having an icon that looks similar to a game that you love, right? <laughs> like this happens all the time and they're discounted steeply so they get in the top 10 and then, you know, they sell well. So there's a lot of that sort of eShop spam now, but I feel like the games that they showed here all looked like really creative projects. So um, yeah. I think they did a nice job. Yeah, and I would recommend, you know, following Tom Marks on social media. That's right. He's played, he played all these games uh, when mm -hmm. they were on Steam probably. Um, even the ones that haven't come out, Tom already knows about them, has beat them, uh, has a lot to say about them. Let's see. You know. what a good reviews editor does, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's great. I, I've been playing a, a little indie game uh, by the name of uh, Marvel Snap, actually. <laughs> Cat, I wanted to say that that was a welcome piece of Cat Vice to play that game. Mm. Nice. Also, House of the Dragon, you recommended, and I was not going to watch it. That's not a game. Until you said it was good. And it really that, is. That a... show was amazing. <laughs> It really but, uh, is a cat vice at this do point. Do Andor next if you're watching stuff. Yeah. I yeah, I haven't gotten to that. We're we're almost done with House of the Dragon. I didn't mm -hmm. think it was going to be good because first of all, the last season and a half of um, Game of Thrones was so bad, and also I tried to watch Rings of Power, which everyone was really into, and I hated it uh, a lot. And I didn't even make it through one episode. But House wow, of the Dragon, every wow. episode just keeps getting better, and I got a lot to say about Rings of Power that I'm not going to right now. Yeah. Marvel Snap. I took it off my phone because I spent prop most of Saturday lying on the couch just playing Marvel Snap and I didn't accomplish anything and it made me feel bad. <laughs> it is still, I think, my game of the year. It wow. is absolutely incredible mechanically. I praise. The hook. The I, I think even without the Marvel license, if this were just, you know, a, a game that had uh, an original IP attached to the cards, it would still be amazing. But the fact that you get to collect, I didn't, I wanted a Venom card. That was part of the reason I kept playing, but I didn't get up to that high of a collector level. I'm at 167 for oh, collector wow. level, I think. You still but Yeah, no, I had to stop. So now we need a Switch version, so you yeah, no longer have to feel Switch. bad about right. playing it. Right. <laughs> yes, I would rather play it on Switch, and then you know, then yeah. I can say that it was. Work. It's for work. I worked yeah. all weekend. Yep. Yeah. Seeing this, I uh, seeing this B rolls just making me want to play right now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what what uh what strategy are you using, Seth? Have we got a movement deck, destruction. What what do you? What do I you don't do? see. That was the other thing. I was starting to think of. Oh, I need to start YouTubing some strategies here. But then that I was like, no, I'm in too deep. If I do that, but what I was doing was they were um. The, the clone bay was uh, coming up more often than usual. So I was Morph using Man. Nova yeah. and Wolverine and cloning them. And then I would throw Carnage in there and he would destroy those. And then they would, you know, power up all my other cards. And then I could just keep doing that, you know, through the six turns. And most of the time it, uh, I would win the, uh, win the match through that strategy. But also everyone started to adopt that strategy and then everyone started to adopt counter strategies yeah that which i noticed um so i had to abandon it but no i had i had, i like 
I can't control myself with this game, which is why I made I removed it from my life. And uh, it is, whew, I'm going through some withdrawals. Cat, I'm like you. I'm watching this this B roll. I'm like, ooh. Mm, yeah, I'm at, at like cards. 320 for a collection level now at this point. And the new wow. season came out. I bought the season pass. So I I've been mostly running a, I you know a kazoo deck which would be like Zoo plus Kezar, and then I got an Ebony Maw, which, uh, and then I've also been running a, um, what was it? I don't, I don't know. I've been trying out a lot of different things. Oh, a Dino a dino deck. Dino decks are still in OP. In yeah. pool two. Yeah. yeah. I pulled it up to see what my collection Hard. level is. 557, yeah. very good. Yeah. What, but what rank are you? Are you in gold? Platinum? I'm in gold now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost to gold again. I yeah. Yeah. I know, Travis. I never know where in what pocket dimension you find the time to play all this stuff. Because didn't you review like Xenoblade for us <laughs> yeah, too? And yeah. Like, that was a 150 hour game. Yeah. You don't sleep, do you? <laughs> I don't sleep. No, I just play games. And I was actually well, playing it on the way here. So there you go. Nice. Marvel Snap. Yeah. It's a great game. Uh, Jada was like 937. Well, she's been playing week. since beta, what? though. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. So that's... yeah, she must be at like. She's been giving all these crazy right pull three strats, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll <laughs> see that in six months. They're always a bigger fish, man. Yeah. Somebody, that's crazy. <laughs> I did, uh, you know, after I removed Marvel Snap, I didn't stop playing games altogether because I just reviewed the Sega Genesis Mini. Two, which I believe the review is live right now. Ooh, I gave it an eight, which is great. I got mine yesterday in the mail. I haven't, I haven't hooked it up yet. I, it's so much littler than I was expecting. I mean, yeah, your parents tiny. will help you hook it up. It's, it is quite minuscule, and uh, that is a good little system. In spite of the fact that there's a fair number of real bad games, yeah. <laughs> games on it, <laughs> it doesn't matter because the stuff that M2 did as far as just translating games or not translating, but porting games that were never on Genesis and adding the sprite scaling to Space Harrier and also throwing Space Harrier 1 on there as well, making Fantasy Star 2 have an easy mode, which is awesome and amazing. Like, it's just it's just a delight. My one complaint was that it didn't differentiate itself enough from the original as far as the UI is concerned. Mm. But you know what? It's fun. It's great. If you can get one, which you can only buy from Amazon Japan, I recommend it. Yeah, and just to be clear, it's it Amazon Japan fulfills you still you can you it's still an American English language yes. version. It's just that because of the lower numbers that they're cranking out for this thing, they didn't set up uh, US distribution. So they, they they'll um send it from manufacturing in Japan. Uh, yes. and you can you can order through uh, through their website. It's um you can yeah. Order through uh, Amazon US yes. actually. Yeah, and, and but so. then fulfilled by Japan. But yeah, it it looked really cool to me because of the attention and care given to these games. Yeah. And you know, you're getting Sonic CD and uh, weird, obscure Sega CD games like the Mansion, but like Popo Mail Souls and all that stuff. So there were several games that I saw that were exclusive to the Japanese release. That yes, yes, there are a me. lot of games that are not on the US mm -hmm. that are only on the Japanese version, which is a bummer. Yeah. Oh. Like anything, they didn't actually localize for release here. But then well, they did. They did put some games in uh, that didn't exist. <laughs> like yes. the Puyo versus exactly. game that 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 never came out on Genesis. So or, or Mega no, Drive. Super so, Locomotive yeah. and Spatter are the other two games. Spatter, that yeah, that never came out. It just made Genesis ports of these arcade, you know, early '80s arcade games. I want to say that one of the things that 
I found a little surprising and disappointing was with the case of the TurboGrafx-16, which I also also reviewed, um, you did get all the Japanese mm. games on there. When you switched language settings, it just was the uh, the PC Engine. Yeah, I think so, that's the best mini console. Oh, that's really Yeah, cool. it absolutely is. Uh, I, I think it sets the gold standard. <laughs> Plus, when you load a CD... It makes a little CD yeah. spin sound. Oh my god! How bad is Night Trap? I haven't played Night Trap. Is so bad. I've never played Night Trap. My God, Sewer it's Shark! Like, it's it's like you're never sure if you're doing what the game wants you to do or not, right? In Night Trap, I'm like, am I supposed to press now? And then it's like a horribly acted sequence. Oh, it's so the acting is is. <laughs> almost as bad as the acting in the original resident evil how, oh, how far oh, we've come now that, that game almost brought down the games industry because people <laughs> thought this would ruin our children <laughs> any children yeah. playing this be like this sucks <laughs> what a mess oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's weird that we went so hard on full motion video there for a <sighs> little while in the game industry bad but, oh there's echo dolphin echo, uh, echo jams Classic. of course like Chuck person is the very first vaporwave album of all time so mm -hmm. that's a very important video she, game did you all see that who, analog uh did one final run of the analog mega drive uh just recently uh, no i didn't see yeah, that it's probably sold out at this point i thought yeah. briefly about picking one up because i mean analog makes really great so yeah. uh, clone yes. consoles and with the hdmi and everything uh that's an alternative to this it's more of a premium kind of thing but then i sat back and i thought i was like i was not ever much of a, a sega person growing mm, up mm -hmm. like um maybe maybe mm. for people in my cohort like you're either a nintendo or a sega and i was firmly on the nintendo side of things so i don't have a lot of genesis nostalgia sadly yeah i'm, I'm in the same yeah. boat i i was a hardcore nintendo fan during that era but always loved sega in the arcades like we'd go out at night and, and hit arcades and just play virtual racing and later daytona and all of that stuff and uh oh, so daytona. i always had a soft spot for their core games and then obviously once uh you know, I I really enjoyed playing uh, playing Sonic on the on a, on the Genesis. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to hook this up this weekend and play around with it. I it, I know the Shining impact is lessened a little yeah. bit because we do have some of these games on the Switch as yeah, part of our subscription, um, but not the CD games. So, and I sold my my Sega CD um, way back in the '90s. You just reminded me. My brother, who I am cursing right now, he sent me a picture the other day. He's like, look what uh, my friend got me at the town dump. And it was a Sega CD mm. and a Sega Model 2. Wow. Someone had thrown away with oh. a bunch of games and the, uh, the, the, the light zapper, the Genesis light zapper, which name's escaping me. And he just gave his friend some money for it. And now he has uh, the Sega CD, uh, the second revision of it, because wow. he's a jerk and I hate him. But he's also the same one who got a, a, an Apple Lisa out of the dump but seriously so. we've had so many genesis collections and two sega genesis mini consoles we need a saturn or a dreamcast version a dreamcast. and i know the saturn's really hard but boy dreamcast what, is even harder what i wouldn't give for a dreamcast collection or something like that yeah it was like soul caliber and stuff on it be amazing sonic adventure 2 yep i agree i remember when dreamcast came out and I was like, I have no interest in it. I'm going to spend my money on a PlayStation 2 when that comes out instead. And I don't know why. I just didn't do both. I could have done both. Why you know, didn't I could have drank both? fewer beers, but... 
I oh, love wow. the Dreamcast. Whenever you mention the name, I instantly get like this raucous Samba de Amigo soundtrack playing in my head and, and remember that I still have two sets of maracas at home somewhere. <laughs> Wired ones. That that was a good time. That was, it you was. know, like it was Guitar Hero before Guitar Hero. It was so good. Crazy Taxi. Oh, Crazy Taxi. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Take me to the Levi's store. <laughs> <laughs> good game. Yeah. That, was a, that was a launch title too. Uh, Travis, you've been playing a little something for us specifically as uh, us being IGN, um, Sonic Frontiers, you reviewed the new good 3D Sonic game. You said it was a delightfully weird and experimental evolution of the Sonic games. So many of us grew up with, and it feels like a very promising first attempt at what could be a bright new era for Sonic and friends. Now. You have a history with Sonic, correct? I do. Yeah. It was one of my first video games. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So my question for you then is uh, Sonic 2 is the best one, right? Ooh. Ye Answer uh, carefully. Pr probably, but I guess my personal favorite is actually the first Sonic the Hedgehog game. Because okay. it was oh, it's wow. like one of the first ones I ever played. And I like... I think cried over trying to beat that game as like a very small oh, boy. Wow. I was like, I gotta beat this game. You wow. know? Did you so, beat it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I beat it. Well done. Yeah. And then your career as a game reviewer began. That's right. That yeah. <laughs> you passed the test. Yeah, my my two early gauntlets were the original Sonic the Hedgehog and the Lion King game for the oh, Nintendo. Man. I beat, I beat really that game hard too. too. I beat that wow. game as a kid. I, I think like that, that was the first game that actually made me break down. You and Casey this. Yeah, yeah. That was like I was like that was my that was the original Dark Souls for me. And now. <laughs> now I'm a big Souls like player. That was the, the I can't wait to be king truly is the, yeah. the swamp. I, the I still can, I can still play that level without like even thinking because I got so good at playing through it because it's one of the earlier levels. But that anyway. one that, oh god, yeah. that where you, where you the monkeys are throwing you and stuff. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so the collision detection is yeah. so bad on that. I can do that level in my sleep. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I really love Sonic and I've played pretty much every Sonic game throughout the years. Uh and um this one I was really excited about. It looked really cool and so getting to review it was awesome. Thank you, Mitchell Saltzman, for being too busy to review it. He did all of our previous Oh videos. yeah, Mitchell <laughs> Oh, by the way, kid. congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Daddy Mitchell kid. now has a little yeah. baby. That's Daddy right. Mitchell. Super yeah. happy. So, is, um, how would you describe this game? Yeah. Because it's a little bit of Sonic yes. Adventure. <laughs> yes. It's a little bit like classic Sonic, but also aspirationally has that breath of the wild openness yeah. to it like it's, obviously the pieces don't quite match up right? yeah it kind of reminds me more than uh, breath of the wild of pokemon legends arceus okay mm. it reminds me of that because it's sort of like their first attempt at it and arceus i think a lot of people would agree like the idea is like oh great you're finally changing up the formula you're doing some really cool stuff but they didn't get a lot of the you know details correct and so i kind of draw that parallel with sonic frontiers because you know on its surface, it's like, oh, finally, we're Sonic in an open world running around at the speed of sound and just like doing crazy stuff and pulling off stunts, which personally for me is like what I've always wanted. It's like the open world version of Sonic Adventures, which is great. But then they also just stuff every single like Sonic idea they could into the game. Like there's 2D levels and 3D traditional levels that you do like time trials and you collect the red uh, rings and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then there's, you know, like random references. There's one part where you play a Sonic pinball level from the old Sonic <laughs> pinball game from Sega Genesis. Like there's just so many like weird things that they just threw in the game. And you're kind of like, I love this even when like, I would say probably 40% of the ideas they throw out there are just like 
dumb and they don't work you know just like like the the some of the mini games are like really just like okay i don't know why they put this in here the 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 puzzles are really like simple and kind of just you know like they could have just skipped it like there's a ddr game where you kind of like are jumping on pads and a jump rope mini game where you have to jump rope and i'm like okay i don't know why they put this all it's a sega game i mean like if you super monkey ball has monkeys and balls but it has monkeys doing all sorts of stuff exactly they can't help themselves exactly and so i i kind of feel like they just didn't say no to anything and it and that kind of like that spirit is so amazing to me because I feel like not a lot of games try that anymore, right? Like not a lot of games right. have kind of just the the bravery to be like, we're just going to put it all in. Let's say yeah. yes to everything. There's no bad ideas. Um, and, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. But the way I, I view this game is I think it's just like it's a very good first draft. And I'm really, I really, really, really hope they stick with this formula and just refine it because I think the sequel could be a 10 out of 10 game. Like if they got some of the details, right. Let me ask you, did did you play uh, ratchet and clank rift Rift apart? There was a later level that where I felt like, Oh my God, this is Sonic, right? There was an open world level where you get the jet shoes or whatever. And you just like zooming around. I'm like, Please, Sega, just make this. Is, right. Does does it feel similar or does it feel different? It feels very different from yeah. that. I would say probably like the open world stuff feels very Sonic Adventure in some regards, but it also just has like a uh, a I, I don't even know how to describe this game. There's another thing I, I couldn't talk about in my review because I wasn't a allowed. Fishing game? Yeah, there's a fishing mini game. <laughs> yes, yes, with uh, big yes. cat is there. Uh, and oh my um, god, I can't wait to play this. Yeah, you, you, NBC's yeah, favorite yeah, Sonic friend. You guys should definitely play it. And it, what's funny is the fishing mini game is like way lopsided in its importance. Like you can you can play the fishing mini game and basically skip like huge parts of the campaign wow. because the fishing mini game gives you so many resources that you could just be like, I don't want to do any Sonic levels. I'm just gonna fish and. And then just fish your way oh, through the game. But on the, on the other hand, you also have to f- fish. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a very good fishing. <laughs> hey, mini there game. are a lot of people. I was so. like, I just want to play fishing yeah. mini game. Yeah, you see, it's it's uh, not a very yeah. good fishing mini game, but it it's just the fact that it's in the game just cracks you up. You can see here if you're watching a video that like some of the combat sequences also just make you do like weird mini games and stuff like that. So just like every part of it, like there were probably 20 times while reviewing the game where I was just like. I cannot believe they put this in the game. (laughs) It's just crazy. What was the craziest thing that you couldn't believe was um, in the game? What was the craziest thing? Uh, I mean, the pinball one I bring up because it it gets me. It might might be fishing, though. It might be the fact that when I saw the fishing, I kind of like put the controller down and I went, okay, like, what what, what am I doing? What is this? Um, But I actually, I'm going to change my answer because there's one thing I couldn't talk about in the review that I think I could talk about now that the embargo is lifted, which is um, the, the thing I didn't expect them to put in the game most is the boss fights. There's boss fights in the game, and I didn't show them in my review. I don't want to spoil them for people, but they are some of the most like weird, unsonic like did not see it coming. There's four of them in the game, and every time you get to one, you're just like, dude, is this? Am I playing Dr- Dragon Ball Z? Like, what is oh. happening right now? It's just oh. is so crazy. Really? Yeah, it's really, really over the top. But is it good, crazy, or, or is it it's, like? It I would say fit. The, the boss fights are probably one of the things that work. Like, it's one okay. of the better mm. things. Right, so right, yeah, right. Uh, there's some parts of it, like uh, even during the boss fights where i was like they have problems with camera angles and it's, it's just everything about this game it lacks polish but it does so in such a like carefree like childlike wonder way that i just kind of forgive a lot of it and just like i, I 
you know, I, I really do think if they built on this and made a sequel, it could be just like a fantastic game. Right here, uh, if you're watching a video, that we're uh, this is the part where I talk about some of the technical problems, which is another issue. And if you, you're listening to a Nintendo podcast, so I'm assuming you're going to get this on the Switch, it runs not great and it especially runs not great on the switch it's yeah. the platform it runs Aww. worst on and so i was playing it on the ps5 that was the review platform and even on that one it struggles it has like really really bad visual really? pop in in the open world mm. um and and i think it's 100 an optimization problem they just again they throw so much stuff in the game i feel like the game couldn't handle the fact that you go so fast and there's so many items and objects and characters in the world so yeah look there's a reason when you play games like tomb raider or god of war that ev eventually a character will get to a crack in a wall and shimmy yeah. really slowly because yep. they don't want to have to draw the entire world behind it exactly. or load the entire world behind it. And like with Sonic, they just went like, meh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so funny because you can tell right away what parts of the game like uh, they were having trouble with because if you're in one of the 2D or 3D self-contained levels, perfect performance mm -hmm. there's no hitches there's no pop in it just runs perfectly but then when you're out in the open world you're like oh boy yeah. like they're because they're just loading everything and the, the game also is a problem where the longer you play the faster you get because you level up it kind of has rpg mechanics to it and so when you get really fast later in the game the pop in is like even worse because it's just like you're going so fast i was looking at a bunch of footage um uh, that we captured in and sega provided um on off the switch version because i was trying to decide like is the portable factor enough for me to forgive and like the the big one for me is the drop from 60 to 30 frames per second on the yeah. on the switch yeah. if you're watching this we saw footage from from travis's review which um was the playstation version playstation right? 5 and almost all the footage i used was in the 60 fps mode yeah. the 30 uh, fps mode immediately feels wrong it yeah. doesn't feel right for yeah. the for the speed so, of the game so take yeah. that into consideration like when you're on the go and you see games like this on the small screen everything looks much much better but if you are primarily playing on the big screen obviously you know so take it's on that PC, into right? It's on PC as well. well then, mm -hmm. Steam Deck, maybe. Exactly. It would be yeah. a great option for the Steam Deck, um, mm -hmm. probably. And it, it does run better on, on PC, but it actually still has really bad popping on PC, too. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. there was a lot of speculation early on that this was sort of a tech demo that they pitched and it got mm. greenlit. And they're like, OK, well, how do we make this a game? And it, f it feels like it was either in development hell and this is just sort of what fell out of it. Or <laughs> they were just like, you know what? We don't really know how to make a good Sonic game anymore. Let's just throw it's every video we have at this. Game. Kitchen sink game. Just Right. Throw, it's like throw it in it'll like flesh it out we gotta flesh this thing yeah out. but weirdly yeah. it works and it's one of my favorite but to me that's games so sega though right like yeah. this exactly. is the company that made a fishing controller for the dreamcast and gave <laughs> right. us bass fishing yeah. right and it's so awesome. having this game. it's almost like smash brothers like having little pieces of the history in there yeah, and, yes. yeah I, I think it, it is like a perfectly sonic game and uh if you just love sonic like you're gonna absolutely love this game and i adore it even though it has so many shortcomings um i i could i could see myself playing it more and i probably will on a on a different platform so nice oh i just saw a, a giant robot from no, i was gonna say it's one of the beasts from breath of the wild is there you on, go. if they ever there, actually so. make a truly great sonic game i'm not just like not just a good sonic game or a like well if you see past the flaws this is amazing yeah, yeah. If they ever make a truly great 3d sonic watch out because i think the internet will break mm -hmm. i do too yes. like I, I i just please sega please don't give up on this idea like i i want them to make a sequel to this because i honestly believe it could be like masterpiece level like sonic is back golden era but why like what 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 is it missing yeah is it just the polish and the execution and what is 
the idea that gets it so close to 10 out of 10. Yeah. I think the idea is just like the, A, the ambition and B, just the whole like weird, you know, unabashed, just like strangeness and crazy stuff they put in. Cause you're to your point, Perry, like that's super Sega. Right. And that, yeah. and I think that that, that is something they should aspire to. The stuff it's missing is like, rather than throwing everything in there, I would like them to just focus maybe like, 40% more on making the stuff you do better. Like if they had flushed out the fishing mini game and some of the uh, stuff that you do for uh, mini boss fights, that's, that's another one where a lot of those, you, you repeat them multiple times and some of them are kind of, eh, and some of them are great. Uh, and so it's really just like the, the kitchen sink approach that they took a lot of what's in the sink isn't good, but if they, if they worked a little bit more on making the stuff that's in there, a little better, a little polished, and then worked on the performance stuff, it would be such, such a good game. Um, and so, nice. yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I'll definitely play it. You should. Yeah, I'm you should. very excited. Some of my yep. seven is like my favorite score for, for games, <laughs> because if I have any interest in them and it's a seven, like for, I don't know why it works out this way. Like, I think we gave the original Bravely Default a seven and I love Bravely Default. So that's like the one that immediately springs to mind. And everything that you've said about Sonic Frontiers is just, I'm so excited to play it now, tonight. Um, yeah. I have a confession. I'm playing it on Xbox. Please don't tell <gasps> the audience. Yeah. Leave that out. Red, that's at 32.59. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's just like, uh, and like redacted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Sonic Frontiers. It's a seven. You should play it. It sounds ridiculous. I am very excited to play and then talk about it next week now we're going to talk about what i promise at the top of the show that i'm most excited about and that is nintendo's balance sheet we're going to see how much revenue they generated from overseas with taxes and the strength of the yen against the american dollar i don't know if any of that's no, true that's not what, what really matters what everyone is always excited about i don't know why we we're so excited about this, but it is exciting. 114 million Nintendo Switch consoles have been sold lifetime to this point. So that is that is what that is the number two console of all time. Yeah, right? Game I, Boy, right? It's a lot of Mario. Yeah. I, uh, I we have we actually a have a, a chart read if you if you can bring that one up that shows where it ranks now. Look at that. Um, so it's been ranking okay. ahead of the PlayStation already um, for for a while, but it's now knocking at the the door for PlayStation 4. Obviously, PlayStation 4 is still selling as well, so it's not just right. going to magically overtake it. And this 117 million units sold for PlayStation 4 is not up to date. They haven't released a new number yet. But for those just listening, the top-selling console of all time is the PS2 with 159 million, followed by Nintendo DS with 154, Game Boy 119, PlayStation 4 117, and then the Switch 114 just behind the PlayStation 4 and ahead of the regular PlayStation with 102. So that's significant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are yeah, big numbers. Beating the original 101 million more than the Wii U. Yep. Which is absolutely... And remember, diverse. the Nintendo DS had to get into that 150, 154 million at a lower price in a different era. Um, you remember, iPhone app store happened yeah. 2004 or something and then the world changed forever right um but also with many more iterations yes you know light yes. and dsi and, and all that we're on the oled yeah. so um the switch with its next iteration is probably going to get rolled into the switch number and there's no way it's not gonna it's not gonna be up in the in the top three yeah, yeah. yep i wonder I will it pass the ps2 that was what i was so. gonna say 
I don't think PlayStation 2 will ever be beat. And I yes. think the reason is because it was also everyone's DVD, DVD player. player. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I, I think the Switch, it depends on what happens with the unit. If Nintendo keeps yeah. iterating it and upgrading it, it's just the Switch line of business and they all count them. It it, it will get there in 10 years or so, but um, or, or even faster. So PS2 lasted 10 years. Yeah. yeah people yep. were still playing. Yep. Certainly in Japan, people were still playing it in 2010. So. Yes. But if, they, if Nintendo releases a Switch 2, that, as far as this kind of means of counting goes, it would be a new console and it wouldn't add to the Switch sales. So that, that's the big right. question it's it's semantics and how you categorize machines yeah. really right yeah I, I don't see the ps2 ever getting dethroned until either the population is much higher or there's a much bigger <laughs> percentage of the population that's playing it just when the aliens show yeah. themselves and yeah. we, we sell them on that's right yeah. 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 yeah people don't really remember it or understand now but uh, a dvd was such an, a huge oh, thing yeah back like we had always, you know, we'd had VHS yep. tapes up to that. And I remember just being blown away. I was like, I can pick whatever scene from the movie. I don't have to rewind it when I'm done. My God, I can watch <laughs> the, 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 the director's commentary on clerks. Yeah. This is, this is mind blowing technology. So DVD was such a big deal. And the fact that PlayStation 2 built that in, like, absolutely helped not only DVD get adopted, but it helped the PlayStation 2 be at where it's probably never but, going to. But. PlayStation but. 2 did not have built-in hardware iteration and replacement like Correct. the Switch does, right? I'm sitting here with my brand new Pokemon Joy-Con, of course, and uh, I have a Pokemon Switch at home. I don't want to transfer all that stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I upgraded to the OLED. And, you know, when people love the Switch and have the software installed, it's a much easier upsell to the next Switch yeah. level up. And, you know, maybe they'll be able to convert half of existing Switch users to the Switch 3 or OLED 2, whatever it's going to be, or Pro. It'll probably we'll be see. the 2, though. I don't know if you'll get it categorized separately, but we'll see. it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I was in South Africa in 2016, and they were they still had PS2s. Mm -hmm. Wow. They used that as a DVD player, a lot of people. So mm -hmm. I, I just, I mean, it's it's kind of an unfair comparison because it's yes. almost selling a different product. They were, I mean, they bought it for the DVD player, obviously. Yeah, but, things have changed yeah. so much. Yeah. My recollection yeah. is that the PS2 had a laser problem, misaligned laser problem. So a lot of people were having to buy new mm. PS2s to mm. account for it. Right. And then they also released the slim PS2, which yep. was also a good reason to upgrade. So Yeah. I don't, th but I don't, it's not a clear upgrade path. Like you have, you know, like Apple basically created this problem for everybody that you feel like you need the next iPhone. Yeah. And when you get it and you're like, oh yeah, it's, a, it's faster, but the experience is not fundamentally different. Right. And I think Nintendo likes that model. So. Well, Talking about the net, the new Nintendo Switch, um, they haven't released the fully translated comments yet, but there have been some early, uh, early translated interview from the shareholders with Shigeru Miyamoto, and somebody was asking Miyamoto about backwards compatibility, mm -hmm. and he said, "I believe in forwards compatibility. I'm, look <laughs> I'm looking ahead to the future, basically." <laughs> Uh, which, well, which a lot of people are kind of looking mm. between the trying to read between the lines to see if whatever the next console yeah. ends up being is mm. kind of a, well support backward compatibility because that's it's a big hot button issue. Yeah, I will we'll see. Um, my my own feeling is that of course Miyamoto is always thinking ahead, you know, trying to think ahead rather than behind. But mm -hmm. it, it was an interesting thing that got some discourse it's going. 
I mean, I've covered Nintendo for almost 30 years or something like that. And like, it's, it's these answers from Miyamoto. If you go back in time, you'll find them everywhere. It's like, what are you thinking about? It's like, hmm, maybe I'm gardening right now. And, it's like, <laughs> and then like five years later, you're like, Pikmin. okay what's your hobby these days Miyamoto Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well that kind of brings me to my question that I wanted to pose to the panel um you know it's been over five years since the switch came out it's definitely starting to show its age but I'm wondering is the success of the switch you know 114 million consoles fifth best best best-selling console of all time is that kind of its own making it its own worst enemy and I bring it for an example, like Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm-hmm. That game just kept selling, and everyone was getting so mad because it took forever for them to finally announce that they were making Grand Theft Auto Six. Is Nintendo Switch sort of almost not a victim, but for lack of a better word, a victim of its own success? Is the success of the Switch the reason we don't have a Switch? pro or a switch well to. first of all rockstar is definitely the person crying into the money meme <laughs> with GTA so and i think nintendo is the same way there yes and i've said before that i still love the nintendo switch and yes like with a lot of third-party games they're pretty blurry at this point no mm-hmm. denying it at all but switch is five years old at this point a lot of consoles last that long we're gonna get breath of the wild 2 next year it's probably gonna look amazing and i s- still play my switch a lot and have a lot of great experiences on it i think it's definitely look as long as the hardware is selling companies are not as motivated to iterate and really something new right. that said nintendo already did twice right there was a slight battery life upgrade unit there was the oled so they are replacing but they're cautious about what they put in those machines and that's because of chip shortages right the yeah. pandemic really threw um the market out of whack in that things are things were in high demand which meant they were more expensive i mean tried to buy a pc yeah. graphics card right well and so that's it is, why the yeah. uh genesis mini 2 is only available from amazon japan because the ship sh- the chip shortage is limited how many they could make yep so. there you go and and so that's the the a little bit of the reality behind it is like yes it was successful and it's selling and you know the reason you don't have a new mario kart is because people keep buying the old mario kart right ah um, that's yeah and 50 million mario kart 8 deluxe has been sold so almost one for every it's an attach rate of almost 50 yep. percent. i think they wanted and, to release the switch pro last year you know yeah i mean there's so many Maybe. rumors of it and chip shortages happening and like did the switch oled actually get rid of the new processor at the mm-hmm. last possible minute yep who knows but i think that nintendo really struck gold in so many ways with the nintendo switch i mean we were just looking at cuphead on uh the b-roll cuphead looks really really good mm-hmm. on yep. the Another nintendo switch game. it's comparable to a lot of mobile experiences and while the top end of graphics can have continued to move up the middle has remained somewhat static and i think that's been to the benefit of the nintendo switch yes, so i just don't think middles. nintendo is feeling any pressure to roll out uh, a successor i think that's right right yeah, and I, th- I think that uh it now in the state of the you know, <clears throat> presumably the global economy that Nintendo's probably feeling pretty good about the fact that they have a super affordable option that I, I you know, it, it's a, a little tone deaf to release something like, you know, the PSVR two $600 in, in this day and age and that sort of ah. thing. So I, I think they're kind of looking at it as we're the consumer friendly, family friendly option that you can take with you. And I, sure. I honestly, at this stage in the game, I like their positioning a lot. And I think I, I would, if I were, 
uh, Nintendo feel pretty good about it. So, yeah, they're uh, they kind of know what they're doing. That's why mm-hmm. they always had the old processors in every. <laughs> You know, the uh, NES that's behind me has what the six, Motorola 68000, I think, which is a, a processor from the 1970s. And they put that in the Game Boy as well. So, yeah, Nintendo. I mean, here's my thing. Here's here's my personal worry. I am starting to get a little terrified that the sequel to Breath of the Wild is going to suffer performance issues. Um on the Nintendo Switch, unless they keep it pretty close to what the original was, which would also be a bummer. So, I don't know. Um, Didn't the original have performance issues too? It did, but only because it went so crazy with like lightning attacks and things. Oh right? yeah, when it had like big groups of enemies and lightning hit, then it got pretty gnarly. But um, generally, it ran it ran well, and it pushed a lot of geometry and a lot of distance and all that. I wonder if uh, some of the delays are because they're trying to optimize performance and get it to a point where it has that Nintendo polish, yeah. as it were. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm mm, very worried. I hope you're wrong. I, I, we'll see. I'm, I hope I'm wrong, yeah. too. This Good is Lord. their big one. They're this. not going to screw this one up. Yeah, like Breath of the Wild, uh, almost. I, I still think it's probably the best performing Switch game I've played. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, like the people who worked on that game are magicians because they make the Switch do things that it should not be able 100%. to do. And so, if anyone can prove that, hey, we don't need a Switch Pro, I think it's that that studio. Right. So we'll see. Also, you know, Nintendo Tokyo. Look at Super Mario Odyssey. And I, uh, just playing modern, like modern Switch yeah. games, I'm always like, man, Odyssey looks so much better. Like you yeah. go back, and there, there were some some levels that weren't as successful, but you know the the desert level is just gorgeous. It's so variable. Yeah. It yeah. really depends on how yeah. good a programmer you are, yeah. how you can deal with that processor and everything. There was also um, a couple of interesting items. Uh, from uh, the the earnings, including Animal Crossing: New Horizons, is now the best-selling game of all time in Japan, surpassing yeah. uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. Damn, that's amazing. Um, yes, and also Kirby wow. and Forgotland is now the best-selling Kirby game of all time. Great game. That's that's excellent. Deservedly so. Yeah. And uh, pair, this is some news that you helped contribute to: seventy-seven million amiibo. No, <laughs> and, you own and they're all here. They were all ordered. his purchases. I totally forgot. There's a, a set of three Splatoon amiibo coming out, and like now they're hard to get. And uh, I totally forgot to pre-order them. Somebody mentioned amiibo on Twitter. I'm uh, like, oh crap! And uh, yeah, I ordered them from Games Pair. Games. I actually what is the best it. amiibo? Ooh, I have an answer. Tell me which one you like. That's hard. It's, I have so many I, children. I actually really love the Link's Awakening amiibo. Okay. Uh, the, the little, little toy plastic line. shiny one. Yeah. It's quite simple, but yeah. I it looks great on the shelf. Um, yeah. Yep. Really distinctive. I, I'm, I mean, I will say the newer the amiibo, usually the, the better they look. Like Min Min mm. looks really awesomely detailed now, right? Like so some of the recent ones. I think the Splatoon amiibo are really, really cool too. The Like the quality of the paint, the way the actual paint looks uh, are really cool. Um, I'll have to think about that, but um, I have so many. The Skyward Sword one with the bird. Yeah. 
Yeah. The loft that one. one is really nice too. That's I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I mean, all of the I really like the Samus ones. The uh, the the one really? that came out with uh, uh, with um, uh, Metroid uh, Dread looked really good. The Samus Returns one looks really good. It's just yeah. it's easier to do like shiny armor and small figurines than like skin tone and all the that. The Fire Emblem ones are kind of the worst. Yeah, some of them aren't great. No, the the first wave <laughs> with the the weird stands are bad. Where they had oh, those yeah. transparent stands because they wanted to replicate the Smash Brothers poses. That's enough Amiibo talk. People no, haven't heard about Amiibo for years. Never <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Like 77 yeah. million people have. 77 million. million. Actually, <laughs> speaking of financial reports, I don't know if you saw this, Seth, but uh, when Nintendo was given their financial report, they had the pie graph of all the people they've sold Amiibos to. And uh, <laughs> Per Schneider got his own. I'm like, oh yeah, he's on there. Yeah, he's like two percent. Yeah, Yeah. he's like his own. And Joy-Con, I'm about half half (laughs) the chart. Yeah, Yeah, they didn't. They don't think they listed the uh, the Joy-Con numbers, but they'll just Mm -hmm. probably be calling you up to get a headcount. No, because they bundle (laughs) them with damn consoles. (laughs) You you don't have every amiibo, but you do have every Joy-Con. Is that correct? No, I do have every amiibo. You do uh, have every for amiibo. They, That's the, attainable. No, yeah, say. yeah. They they did the special edition, um, the the prize ones. For, you know, the the gold painted ones for for some yes. of the. Um, oh, those don't count. Yeah, yeah, they did it for Monster Hunter too. And then, obviously, they have the, the Labo Joy-Con. They were content uh, contest prizes. Well, I don't have those, but I do oh, have okay. some of the oh, rare, yeah, yeah. the other rare ones. Anything you can buy. I'm not going to like spend ask, crazy dollars paid, on eBay. Have you paid more than no. uh, MSRP for any of your Amiibo? Mm, yeah, because I imported some from Japan because it was oh, sure. some of the uh, retailer exclusives were just so stupid. I'm like, fine, I'll pay 20 bucks extra and get it from Japan. <laughs> yeah. I, look, it's I'm, I'm too old to spend hours chasing a little monkey figure. <laughs> Well, there you have it. If you want to see a complete collection of Amiibo, you can either go to Pear's house or you can go to the Nintendo store in New York. Both places have the complete collection of Amiibo. So, well, Nintendo had a very successful financial year, and I think that's probably going to go forward 2023, especially with the Legend of Zelda coming out. But uh, feeling big things for 2023 for Nintendo. But I'm kind of interested see what the panel thinks is 2023 another i was gonna say is it nintendo's year or is it another nintendo year i think would be more appropriate well i, I think it's gonna be humongous i think it'll be big yeah. too any I, year that you get a breath of the wild or a zelda like a major zelda that's huge it's gonna be enormous yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know lest you forget the year that breath of the wild came out was a big one that was yeah, that was the, the Nintendo uh, year. So I think this is the Nintendo year so the too. The Zelda Mario One Two Punch kickstarted the yep. Switch. Oh man, it did it was Breath a great of the year. Wild is the most trafficked uh, article in IGN history since we changed our analytics. I only know that mm-hmm. because I wrote the number two of all time, which was when the PlayStation Five pre-orders mm. were announced. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure the engineers know to harden up the servers when that uh, review goes live because it will almost certainly the God of War. <laughs> God of War uh, review actually crashed the site. Oh, did it? It and, did yeah. cr- crash the site, but that's because we were bozos. We had some other issues at the time. Oh, well. The the biggest review I can remember is the Red Dead Redemption 2 one. And as far as like just people going absolutely bananas for it on, on traffic, and that was probably going to pale in comparison to... Oh, you think so? Yeah. Interesting. I, I think Zelda will 
go crazy. Yeah. You know, I have a yeah. new IGN goal. Crash the servers. Yeah. That's my, yeah. <laughs> it's usually we're ready for it. For God of War, we, we just screwed up. Yeah. yeah. We usually bolster. It's a, it's a scary moment when something doesn't go wrong in an important time like mm-hmm. that. But all right. Enough about Nintendo financials. I'm going to close up the, uh, the ledger. We're going to move on. We're going to open up question block. Wow. And I have a little, not a prepared statement for this one, <laughs> but I really liked Casey Crossan, which by the way, great alliterative name. I like that a lot. Superhero. Asks, what games stand out to you as having done a good or a poor job of explaining how they work? For example, the great plateau area of Breath of the Wild is praised as an excellent sandbox tutorial for the rest of the game while it the constant alerts, reminders, and similar in the original Skyward Sword were seen as points of frustration. At least that's what Casey believes. I almost pitched this as a feature, but I wasn't able to find the time hmm. to write a feature because it's almost Black Friday season. But I got to thinking about this when I was playing God of War because the opening of God of War, and I don't think it's spoilers to talk about the first 10 minutes, when compared to a game like Breath of the Wild or a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, just didn't do it for me. The second you step out of that little tomb, that cave in Breath of the Wild, you know everything that you need to know about the game. It's expansive. It's the Hyrule that you've always mm-hmm. imagined. And then you are, you know, of course, moving along and you're learning about how to play the game. Um, Red Dead Redemption, the same thing. You learn all about this group, their motivations, uh, why they're where they're at. You're learning how to play the game. You have that first like shootout with the, um, the rival family whose name I can't remember. So now you know how to fight horses. You know how to shoot guns. You know everything you need to know about that game. It's opening um, from how to play it to how the story is going to be. God of War, it opens and there's a movie with some quick time events that you have to smash a button. Uh, and it turns out if you don't smash that button, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. So that's my biggest criticism of uh, God of the War is uh, God of War as far as in regards to this question. It fails to tell you what it's about as a game and kind of as a story in the opening, whereas something like Breath of the Wild just in two seconds, you I mean, God, I still remember the feeling of walking out and seeing that the first time it's like one of the greatest moments in all of gaming and you get to it in what five minutes so um yeah i think a great example red dead redemption 2 breath of the wild i think a poor example god of war there's no reason why uh it needed to have quick time events it could have either just been a cutscene, or you know or a gameplay segment but it didn't feel right to me so there there it is Anyone else have? So Seth talked for thoughts? so long that I forgot what the actual question was. Oh, the question was, tutorials? what games have done a good job or a poor job of explaining how they work? I got some. I mean, Breath of the Wild is really, yeah. I think, the gold standard because it's env- the, it's environmental design that teaches you and like you explore and learn at your own pace and you experiment. And like, there really aren't a lot of games that do it that well. Um, Nintendo in its past, like if you go back, they they did a wonderful world. They they did a wonderful job with even with their platformers to explain how certain things work. Sometimes by even like whenever you have a 
placed in an old Mario game where there's a daring jump or something where you're not quite sure how it works, there'll be an extra life mushroom or something, right? Where you go like, oh, okay, I can experiment here without risk of actually losing a life. And like that sort of stuff was always really smart and it started to become the language of of those games instead of punishing you with a death it kind of like taught you and and gave you an out um i think nintendo has always been really good with onboarding sometimes rare hasn't been star fox adventures famously you walk around and every time you pick something up is like broom, 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 and he holds up some like spinning orb of something and it has to tell you what the hell that orb is and like the moment you have to describe what the freaking apple does i feel like you're already not doing the job right and i, I was really disappointed with that game and how, you know, it just introduced lots of collectibles that weren't really important. And I think that's very, that's very dangerous. And I will say Xenoblade is like that. Yep. And I, that was a, even, literally the one I was going to use. Even the, even the new one, which I, a lot of fans are pointing towards being like the best one when it comes to onboarding it, still like... 30 hours into the game I'm like okay I gotta go to the tutorial because I gotta remember these two like if these two characters are stacked behind each other is that a good thing right like it's still there's so many layers and I think RPGs struggle with that in general that they sometimes introducing mechanics sometimes because also the elements and the, the the names and everything is invented and you don't have this crutch like you used to with like fire beats water electricity right, yeah. beats uh, you know is strong against water like that sort of stuff or water beats fire whatever it is yeah, uh, yeah. xenoblade is actually so bad they have tutorials <laughs> after you beat the game oh wow they continue to have tutorials there's there's post game tutorials because a new game plus introduces new mechanics and it, it's literally it calls you at night on your phones like did you know yeah i mean you if you could've. if you've ever read a review from me you probably know that i hate tutorials it's like my least Same. favorite part of games it, the best tutorial is no tutorial so mm -hmm. for me highlights i think platformers do it really well super meat boy is probably one of my favorite tutorials because they basically mm. don't have one they just yeah. they just every level you have to learn something in order to beat it and so uh, Celeste is also really good at that, at the way that they teach you to do it. Uh, and the games that do it terribly are like most of them, like pretty much every Ubisoft game, Assassin's Creed, you should get tutorials in the 12th chapter, stuff like that. Pokemon, actually. Pokemon, also pretty bad. It uh, used to be yeah. pretty accessible, yeah. but now you have to go to Pokemon school with every yeah. single one, and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I know how to catch the Pokemon. But actually, I think in terms of RPGs, the gold standard is maybe Witcher 3 which introduced the white orchard concept of That's here's right. a little sandbox mm -hmm, we're going to teach you mm -hmm. a few things right. uh, we're going to give you a little quest you're going to fight a monster you're going to have a good time you're getting introduced to Geralt and some of Geralt's friends and then you go into the wider world mm -hmm. That's and, a great example uh, I know a yeah. lot of devs uh, study white orchard still as like an idea of how to properly approach open world game design Yeah and, and yeah you had your first boss fight in there as well and um I, I do like games and, and I can't fall I like I, I'm a big fan of Ubisoft's open world games usually and I do like games that expand over time where in the beginning they don't throw every game system at you and so you don't have to worry about you know how to steer the ships or use the cannons and all of that and like it unlocks as you get farther in and then by the 20th hour you're like a master of all these these systems and I do love that progression but it is kind of funny that nowadays you still start a new game and like you're running forward in this corridor and it goes like hold down the left stick to run and then you get to a freaking fallen tree every time and it's like hit b to crouch yeah. underneath, or hit b to jump over and it's like 
Uh, if the game stops and it's showing uh, it on, showing the text on the screen, you guys ever play? Still uh, need to do that. Just yeah, yeah. Do you guys ever play a Far Cry Three Blood Dragon? That tutorial yes. level oh, yeah. where yeah. it just makes fun of tutorials yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like it stops you like fifteen times in a row to tell you stupid stuff you already <laughs> yeah. know. Like I kind of figured that after that, tutorials would maybe die. <laughs> yeah. They haven't at all. So, but, but yeah, in general, I think Nintendo is is really good at onboarding you. But you know, Skyward Sword in certain games like. Uh, also pause things in order to explain what something was and it really didn't matter and like you wouldn't remember what the 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 poopoo fruit was gonna do later on right like it didn't <laughs> matter let me figure it out when i'm using it as a currency or actually when it has an application and that was the i love rare games rare at its worst tossed all these things at you uh, and explained what they were rather than like showing you and letting you use them the original mario brothers is a really famous example of how to properly onboard players mm -hmm. with a level one one and that's another level that game design school schools will study intensively because every single aspect of it from meeting the first goomba to the placement of the the boxes to oh, oh here's yeah. where the pipe is that you can go down is there to teach players give players the tools that they need for the rest of the game yeah, that like the first second like, blood Mario's on yeah. this side of the screen and he's facing, you know, the other so you know that that's the way that Mario walks. <laughs> that's the way that the 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 scrolling is going to be the entire game. But one of the things that I have an issue with with complex tutorials is I, I get I start to get anxiety. Yeah. That I'm yeah. going to like forget how to do something, which has happened in games. I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head, although in Dragon quest nine on the ds i made it significantly far in that game before i knew that you could recruit other people into your party so um i was highly highly over leveled and then mm -hmm. finally found out oh no you, you you do get to add other people this isn't just a <laughs> single experience but that's like my biggest fear is that i'm just gonna forget how to do something you know 30 hours into the game or or you're like where where am I? Who are these people? I'm and, like, yeah, and that's so that's where I have to again. Like Ubisoft's done a great job with that. When you stop playing Assassin's Creed and you go back in, it will go like, oh, do you remember that you can do this move when your meter is full? Like they they are they actually have systems designed to onboard you when you haven't played for a while, which I think is really clever. I do want to give a yeah. shout out, of course, to the best game of the year so far, which is Tunic which plays around with onboarding to the point where it's obtuse on purpose, right? That yes. entire game is designed works, around though. having a manual in the game that you cannot read. It's written in a foreign language. And so it plays That's around so with the expectations of what a manual actually does for you. And like when you start to figure it out, it makes you feel so good. Yeah. That's cool. I need to finish that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also need to, to go back and finish it. I also... Excuse me. Um, you know, I started Persona 5, and that's another game that does a really good job. Oh, I hate their tutorials. Persona 5 Royal has a great opening, though. It does. It's that, cool. That's what I was going to say. It has a great Royal opening as tweaked. far as, like, setting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the original bugged me a lot. The, the cat telling you what to do constantly. Go to sleep. Go cats sleep. telling us what like, to do. Oh. That's but the thing, right? You yeah. kind of want to break out of that loop. And you're like, I want to explore. I don't want to go to sleep. I don't mm -hmm. want the day to end. And it's like not clear how the systems work. And it was super frustrating. Yeah. And like you had to get past that where the game opens up. But um, I'm not that yeah. far into Royal, but I hear they fixed a lot of that yeah. stuff. So I'm super excited to replay. Mm -hmm. What are you playing it on? Switch? Xbox, Sorry. actually, because it's on Game yeah. Pass, so I don't have to rebuy it. Yeah. 
I know yeah. I'm an idiot. I bought it. I spent the sixty dollars uh, just so I can have it on Switch. But it looks really good on OLED. Doesn't perform probably as well. I got a. I mean, it's fine. It's thirty FPS. It's basically yeah. a visual novel. Yeah. I got it on PC so I could play on Steam Deck, and it smart looks really good on that too. Nice. If you tweak it a little bit, so nice. Good game. Royal is go so good. Play that. It is. I need to get back into finally it. play it. An incredible RPG. Uh, it is. Yes. That's what everyone has told me for years and years. And I'm putting it on. <laughs> when you see the footage, you'll probably go like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's seriously. Very silly. <laughs> that's what I, I love games that just revel in like, you know, if you're going to make a game that's based on an anime aesthetic, just go full, full anime. Yes. It's, it's just gorgeous. It is a beautiful game. Yeah. It's like in uh, House of the Dragon, the, the, the middle prince with the eye patch is a, a, an oh, anime character. Full anime. But yeah, in a yeah. TV show. So. Mm-hmm. All right, another question. This one's from Edward Fearon from Nilbin, Australia. He asks, the Switch just recently... Co- oh, yeah, we already know this. When considering its success, shouldn't we be comparing the combined sales figures for other systems within a generation, meaning uh, 3DS and uh, Wii, for ex- or Wii and DS, rather, uh, given the quote-unquote loss of a second hardware revenue stream? If the DS and Wii were a combined system, that fantasy machine's sales would be 250 million units. Edward wonders if the decision to combine systems at this point was a financially fruitful decision. Pair, you had something to say on this subject yeah. using facts because I just had some some cockamamie. You were going to make something up. I was like, no, let's no, I wasn't. pull the numbers. So I, I pulled, I pulled the financial numbers. So we got to make the distinction between unit sales, right, which is publishers uh console manufacturers like to brag about install bases except for xbox they never actually announce their numbers <laughs> i wonder why um uh you know wonderful machine and it's selling well but not as well as the playstation and the switch and so they're they're a little quieter about it and traditionally they haven't been very forthcoming with numbers but there's unit sales which are great for bragging rights um and then there's fi- there's the financial information right how much money are you actually making Right. And there are multiple things you can be looking at. And so your question is, it maybe wasn't it better for Nintendo when they had two horses in the race? They had multiple machines, a home console and a handheld device. So if we go back to the heyday of kind of the, you know, Nintendo's earnings and Nintendo had some lows, obviously, um, you know, GameCube Mm -hmm. era, they they lost a lot of uh, uh, market share. And then they came back with a vengeance with DS and the Wii. So if you go to 2009, Nintendo made $18.3 billion, right? Is that revenue? Or? That, that is revenue. So that's all the money that comes in for buying their games and their hardware. And now remember, hardware has a slimmer margin of profit, right? Yes. Because there's revenue not just R&Ds, is- manufacturing, marketing. When you have two horses in the race, you have to market two horses, right? You have to distribute two things. You have to manufacture two different things in two different places. You have to make different games for the two machines and so forth, right? And so your install base isn't the combination. It's unique for each one of them. And so... The money they kept, and we're not going to look at EBITDA, which uh, you know most companies measure their, their success on, and obviously shareholders do. We're just going to look at the actual profit. Of the $18.3 billion, Nintendo made $7.9 billion profit back in 2009. So now we go to today, and um, you know Nintendo made, hold on, where's my thing here? Nintendo made, 2022 through end of March, made $15 billion. So less than they made during the Wii and DS era. But they kept $8.4 billion. So they made yes. more money 
by making less money, right? And that's, the, it's called COGS, cost of goods and services, right? Like yep. the cost of producing things, marketing things, selling things is now lower because they can focus on the switch. Maybe they're more efficient. Maybe they don't have any many as many expenses. They don't own as many development studios that might've cost a lot of money. All of that nuance aside, they're making more money right now. Um, but you know, like the, the world has also changed. Right. And so if you're saying, could we go back, could, could it be even better if Nintendo had a handheld and a console? I'll again, go back to the fact that the world has changed and everybody has a phone in their pocket. And so maybe having a standalone handheld line might not be the ticket. But that goes back to the, the second pillar thing mm -hmm. that we were talking about last week with should Nintendo release a VR headset? Yeah, I mean that might be your answer that, too. That's different. It's, it's not too niche though for Nintendo. It's not a blue right. ocean. There are some big leaders there, like Meta, for example, um, and they they have some challenges in that market as well as we've seen. They just yeah. laid off a, a lot of people. Um, no, but it's like there is there sometimes is this other pillar, and sometimes for Nintendo that's toys, right? Like Amiibo was a thing and made a lot of money, and obviously millions of those have sold. But also the micro consoles became a second pillar, and I could imagine that there is another thing like that, whether it's yeah. fitness devices which they've dabbled in or something that we haven't even thought. Or their subscription that's mm -hmm. new to them. Their subscription yeah. service. Subscription is definitely another thing, and yeah. like you could maybe there's a future where Nintendo games aren't just on Nintendo consoles. They probably scoff at that right now because they they know that you bought a switch because you want zelda and mario and pokemon and all of that but you know who's who's to say um new pillar is amusement parks and movies right? that, oh, that's yeah. what i think it is mm -hmm. i do yeah that's i think the mario movie is gonna make them a lot it's of gonna money. make bank. i think it's yeah. chris pratt yeah. is their new pillar <laughs> yeah chris yeah we just own all of them on the uh, on the financial report yeah yeah Pear, this might surprise you, mm -hmm. but I was basically going to say everything that you said Perfect. just without the facts to, to back it up. Um, I, I wanted to quickly point out to everyone that uh, revenue is the money that you just get and profit is revenue minus the costs uh, of doing business. Minus the so, yeah, dollars you have to pay your little brother. <laughs> exactly. So a lot of times I, I'll see people like, I'm blown away by some company's revenue but that's not a real fair um, measure of their success because you could make a hundred billion dollars, but if you spent nine hundred ninety-nine million of that to to get that, you're, you're not doing. Yeah, something. and I don't I don't want to make this more boring than it has to be, but it's obviously. Oh my no, this is not boring when, to me. Like when, accounting was my favorite subject. When accounting companies are stuff. when a company is public and they're trading shares in the in the open market, right? They're beholden to shareholders and a, a lot of their performance is directed oh, by man. by by that as well. And by the way, Nintendo at its scale, I've said this before, Nintendo is almost like a bank. It is actually influenced greatly <laughs> by the ups and downs of, of the yen and they have a lot of capital. They have a lot of um, uh, money in the bank. And so their their books are influenced by the ups and downs on the yen much more than you you know you'd have with other companies but yeah the shareholders are really the shareholders uh, are very important and some companies can be very very successful and have high shares despite having crappy margins or not making a lot yeah. of money right like you'll see companies trade very highly who haven't made a dime in 10 years and so mm -hmm. it's a it's a complicated world out there nintendo always is seen as a very mature very well-run business and so it's a rock i mean they have had their up and ups and downs but they're very revenue focused and famously yeah. 
they didn't want to sell hardware at a loss, right? Whereas everybody else was selling the console and saying, we're going to lose money on the console. We're going to make all the money on on software. Nintendo says said there's another way you can make money why not both too. And they just sold yeah. me another switch for 350 bucks so clearly it works <laughs> clearly it works uh well that was the nintendo nintendo financial minute so um, <laughs> i learned a lot final question from ryan gross ryan wants to know with thanksgiving around the corner and this is obviously for u.s people do you have any video games you like to play with family or friends around this time or oh. any gaming traditions? Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, do you have any, Travis, what's your, uh, what's your gaming tradition? My go-to, well, Jackbox is obviously a staple. Everybody's got to play that. That's a good one. One. Uh, but my go-to is actually those, um, those horror games where everybody plays a different character. You know, they, uh, they've been doing um, like it was like until dawn was one of them. And now they do like one every year, basically. And the one this year is, uh, Last year it was House of Ashes. You guys know what games I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah I know exactly what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of the company. I'm blanking. But uh, those ones are great. You can just get it because they don't need to be gamers, right? If you're around mm -hmm. people who just sort of like movies or whatever, and then you just go, hey, well, here's a movie where you can make decisions and mm -hmm. we can kind of see who dies and see who lives and that sort of thing. Those things are a blast to play with a group of people and just kind of passing around the controller. I tried that. That's a great turns. idea. Yeah. yeah, they actually have a mode called uh, movie night mode. And it's it's like you get oh, one sweet. you get one controller and you assign one character to every player and then it will stop the movie at certain points and say hand the controller to this person it's their turn right and then you can kind of see who survives the night and who doesn't so if you haven't experienced that like that's like a peak gaming experience for sure and that's it, awesome and you can play it with yeah. people who, who aren't gamers so i, I make like uh you know my my, my fiance's mom play with us and stuff you know oh, that's so, lovely yeah what about you cat excellent uh well, I'm doing Friendsgiving this year, so we're going to be playing Smash Brothers. That's Ooh. that's Hell a, yeah. that's a staple of the household, and we still play a lot of Smash Ultimate, and it's a lot of fun. It's an, just it's my favorite Switch game. I think it's one of my favorites oh, of wow. all time. Yeah, no, Great I, game. I love Smash Brothers Ultimate so much. It's Who's incredible. Oh, I have a lot of mains actually. Um, but if you put a gun to my head and said you have to pick one, probably Toon Link. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's the one that I'm like Link, probably so. the most comfortable with. But I also just really enjoy winning with like Hero, Byleth, Pokemon <laughs> nice. Trainer. Yeah. I'll just go each row and pick a different character and be like, oh, today I, I think uh, uh, Terry today, nice. you know. But um, when I'm with my parents, my parents are not big gamers anymore. They were a long time ago, but there was a time when they had a Wii and we would play a lot of Wii sports. So nice. that was, uh, that was so wholesome. a lot of golf, a lot of um, <laughs> bowling. So. Nice. For, my, for my family, when my, my daughter comes to visit, we usually jump into a co-op game like Sea of Thieves or Halo mm. with, a, with the boys. We're, we're, we're a four-player team. My, my wife doesn't really play games, except when the extended yeah. family is here, her mom, her sister, her brother, we usually break out Dr. Mario. Like, mm. uh, you know, any classic four-player version like Dr. Mario 64 or Mario Party, whatever the latest version is that everybody can play. It's like the casual kind of Nintendo games that are either puzzles or, or party games always work. Um, so we bring those out. And then, thieves. and then when everybody falls asleep, it's just uh, my brother-in-law and I are just trading, like playing Gran Turismo and just trading <laughs> off the controller whenever we switch a race. Nice. That, that'd be, that's how the night ends, ends usually. 
How do you play Sea of Thieves with your family? Because that's not split screen, right? You need four you know, devices. Four right? Xboxes. In the really? House. Wow. wow. <laughs> that's we do. And four subscriptions. The land party action. action. Rolling wow. Unfortunately, wow. look, I can always say it's my job too, right? So it's a great game. Exactly. My wife can't get mad. Yeah, no, the kids, uh, the kids really love playing together Sea of Thieves. And it always starts, uh, and this is classic rare rare really this is a fantastic game uh really rare coming back um as as being a, a major force in development it's just so clever and so fun and it's about the misadventures more than the adventures like yes somebody accidentally shoots themselves out of a cannon and then they strand it and you have to get them back <laughs> my sons were playing the other night and i heard them yelling at like 2 a.m i'm like what the hell is going on and they're like there's a guy named kevin on that ship and he doesn't know we're here and it's like it's just it's these kind of fun open world experiences that are only possible with online gaming. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's such obviously. a good game. Would be uh, nice to get something like this on the Switch someday. Oh, Kevin, what a oh, card. Yeah. They, were, they kept on yelling <laughs> Kevin at the poor guy. You know? Kevin, if you're out there, we're sorry. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Captain Kevin, he's mm-hmm. just trying to make his fortune on the high seas. It's like well, a guy in a dinghy. I'd say that we haven't wanted to just set out there and sail and get pirated. It's yep. terrible. I, for... My Thanksgiving traditions, I tried to like make a point to play through the original Legend of Zelda mm. every mm. Thanksgiving, but I can't do that anymore because I have to work. Um, so I don't have a Thanksgiving video gaming tradition anymore, unless you count like bringing you the best in Black Friday deals from the world of Nintendo, <laughs> Xbox, Sony, PlayStation, and PC on IGN Deals. Follow us at IGN Deals on Twitter. Um, however, over the holiday break, meaning like the Christmas break, New Year's, when we actually do have downtime and I'm not working, every year since I was, I don't know, like 10, that something awakens within me where I just want to play a turn-based RPG oh, wow. that's just as about, you know, like Final Fantasy VI mm-hmm. or uh, Final Fantasy Five. Four. Sorry, I had to remember because I... I remember when it was Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy 3. Yep. But yeah, like when the days are short, I don't feel bad about playing a, a, a role-playing game for 10 hours in a, in a stretch because who wants to go outside anyway? So I guess the closest thing I have to a Thanksgiving tradition is a Christmas tradition of playing <laughs> old school nice. RPGs. Just nice. Uh, we should do another um, Switch co-op, best Switch co-op games for the holidays list. Mm. Um, Ooh. That'd be good. There, there are a lot of really good co-op games on this machine. Minecraft. Yeah. Evergreen. Yeah. Minecraft so, is... Secret best uh, co-op game. The the game where um, you're trying to solve the pirate, the mystery, to oh. solve the mystery. <gasps> yes! Obra Dinn. Oh. Yeah, you get that game going on a Switch while everybody is sitting around oh, yeah. the room. Same and they'll thing, be like yeah. pointing out and solving the mystery. It's a great conversation yeah. game. Obra Dinn and it's, with a warm fire on in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's got so good. dithering style Macintosh graphics, which I am a big fan of. Oh, look at the dithering. Look at the dithering. That looks like a hypercard stack. <laughs> my uh, Macintosh classic. God, this oh. game was so good. Beautiful so good. game. One of the so best much. games the past five years, oh, for sure. Amazing. Just so clever where it goes. You don't, you know. Well, yeah. I know where we're going, and that's home, because I'm afraid we're out of time. Mm. So uh, I wanted to thank everyone who... Oh, wait. Let me try that again. Dear Lord. I redid the uh, the outro. Before we go, I have a few favors 
to ask if you're watching us on YouTube, please leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. It helps us spread the good NVC word and we will be forever in your debt. I want to thank our special guest, Travis. Travis, where can people find you online? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis and you can read all of my stuff on IGN.com. Heck yeah. Also, I want to thank Red for uh, flipping switches there on the ones and twos. Most of all, thanks to you for hanging out with us. Remember, NBC is the only podcast where you can get get the the thing. thing.